Welcome to the Mindset Mashup. I'm your host, Michelle Sorrow, TV host on Extra, master brand strategist, author on gratitude, and co-founder of Mindset Programs. And I dig deep to bring you closer to your best life in this lively, unfiltered, and heart-centered podcast. The Mindset Mashup is a compilation of real talks focused on epic mindset rituals and routines to help you get after your passion and potential. Tune in each Monday for inspirational guests who reveal their mindset must to help you optimize what matters most, self-love, impact, fulfillment. I'm so excited that you're here. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mindset Mashup. I love my next guest. I didn't know her before we started. She was introduced to me by my producer, Jenny. And months ago, too, Jenny's like, you've got to have Jacqueline Malone on. She's the marketing slash mindset expert, and she'd be great for your show. And at the time, you know, Jenny and I were brand new to one another, and so she was throwing out a couple of names, and every single person that she's brought to the show has just been such, such a delight, and I feel like we strike gold. So thank you, Jenny, for this intro, and thank you, Jacqueline, for your time. And we dug uh, right in, of course, that's the way I roll around here, but I wanted to make sure that I give some sort of a proper background on her because she is quite accomplished and such a a force of nature, man. I mean, this woman, anything that she's got going on, programs, etc., courses, all of that, which you can find on her website, and we'll put up all the resources in the show notes. I highly recommend because she's just awesome. But Jacqueline Malone is a marketing and mindset coach, speaker, and co-host of the wildly popular All Up in Your Lady Business podcast. She helps female entrepreneurs become the go-to gal in their space from the inside out. And what I love about that is that as a mindset and marketing mentor, she prides herself on helping passionate creative entrepreneurs channel their zone of genius, tackle their inner mean girl, which basically just means quell that critic, tell them where to go, and then build the no love and trust you know, that whole system that's known in marketing, no like and trust module, but build that within themselves first and then their tribe. She has a badass podcast. It's got over well over 300 episodes by now. And she's just amazing. And what I love about her is that she's got this full plate life. I mean, when she's not helping entrepreneurs create their own version of success, and I love that from their own version of success from the inside out, she's spending time with her beloved husband, their two adorable children, Eleanor and Marshall, or she's lounging out with her fur baby, Louie, which by the way, also had me at hello because anyone who's a fur mom, they just have my attention fully. So I'm very excited for you guys to get to know her. She's also one of those people where as soon as I stopped recording, I'm like, okay, we've got a chat. So we set up a phone date for right after this talk because I just love her a voice and her spirit and her heart. And there's just so many good things that are going to come out of this conversation for so many. So I'm very, very thrilled for you to get to know Miss Jacqueline Malone. And here we go. Well, welcome to the Mindset Mashup. Jacqueline Malone's in the house. Hey, girl. 
Whoop, whoop. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so thrilled to have you. This is a long time coming. You know, when I first launched this podcast way back, well, way back, for those listening way. in real time, we're recording in October. I don't know when this is going to be released just yet. But when I first started talking with my producer, Jenny, probably late spring, she was like, you've got to meet Jacqueline Malone. You have to have her on. She's all about mindset. And you are, you are, you're the guru girl. I mean, you're one of the best kept secrets to me because I didn't know who you were. And then when I started digging in and stalking you all over social media, I'm like, oh my gosh, you are such an expert. So I'm very thrilled that we get to introduce you to the listeners. Oh, well, I'm so excited to dive in on all things mindset here. Totally. And the fact that you've got time to do this, I mean, just celebrated a 10-year wedding anniversary, right? With your hubby. Yes. Yes. We just came back from Aruba with two little ones. I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old. So the vacations are not what they used to be, but we were able to get away the two of us for six days, which was just magical. And did I read that that's the first time that you guys were kidless in like years on a vacay? Vacay. Yeah. We've had like, we've had like a night, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, and that's it. (laughs) So period. (laughs) A night period. So (laughs) yes, we were long overdue. We hadn't gone away on a vacation together without kids in almost five years. Oh my gosh. See, now that is a life that I can fantasize about and yet cannot relate to whatsoever. It's so crazy, but I'm glad that you're back. And so you're out of New York, right? I want to like give a little background before we like dive in too deeply. So, so when you say I'm out of New York, I sound really cool, but I am, (laughs) (laughs) I am, I am much closer to Canada. I'm in upstate New York, up upstate New York in Rochester. So about five hours from New York city. Yeah. Yeah. So we're still New York, but when you just drop New York like that, it's like, Oh, she's like this Manhattanite. And my brother lives in Manhattan. So I try to visit as often as I can, but yes, I'm totally living the suburban life here. Well, everything New York to me is cool just because, I mean, I'm LA, so it's the opposite, right? Like, not that the grass is greener because I love where I live in Santa Monica, but I definitely love New York and I've been to Rochester a couple of times and yeah, that's not too shabby either. It's pretty cool. Yes. Well, I love LA and I actually have relatives in Santa Monica. Oh, really? Oh, yes. Oh, I wonder if I know them. Yeah, well, there's a what you call it, a comedy studio. Is it West Side Improv? No way. I go there on Friday nights, like Stop. like <laughs> once a month, and I and I watch Im, It's called Mission Improvable. <laughs> oh my god! So gosh, fabulous. I love it. Why? So they're one of the owners in that. What? That is so funny. No way. Oh, I love oh, it. I've been okay. on that stage a few times, not as a speaker. Let's be clear, but as a willing participant from the audience. Oh my gosh. I've had so many good laughs in that place. Awesome. Oh, I bet you'd be so good at that. Oh my gosh. That's so fun. Such a small world. Such a small world. Well, and then this too, right? So Ginny, my producer, she's a total rock star also in New York and not quite Manhattan, um, just outside. (laughs) She was like, yeah, the two of you are going to hit it off. And so far she's suggested two other people to me and we've 
actually become friends. So you realize there's a theme here. Like we must become friends. <laughs> right. She's exactly. It's Destiny. Yes. I love how she's matchmaker slash producer. Totally. <laughs> I'm going to find oh, you your guests and your, and also your new friends. You know, right. this is your new tribe, which is what I love because that's what you're all about. So anyone who's been following you and following your podcast, which is a huge hit and it's called all up in your lady business over 300 episodes, you guys, I think I've done a little past 20. I mean, you have such a wealth of expertise to share with us. But what I love is you being a true bona fide marketing and mindset coach, speaker, and of course, co-host of your of your badass podcast. You really help entrepreneurs, specifically female entrepreneurs, become the go-to gal in their space from the inside out. And what I love is that you talk about quelling the inner mean girl voice and really helping us shine in a world where it's tough to pierce through. So how did this all begin for you? Like, when did you say, like, I'm going to do that and this was my defining moment? Right. Well, it evolves over time. I, you know, action breeds clarity. So by, by starting a business, by putting myself out there over the years, you start to see, oh, this is who I attract and this is how I can help them. But my background before I started my business was with marketing and branding and even personal branding. I'd worked with several local entrepreneurs and online businesses and things like that, and then decided to go out and start my own business. But I didn't have the mindset experience, right? And so I started putting myself out there. And when I first started my business, it was like I was in witness protection program. <laughs> I didn't want anyone to know who I was. I love you right I, now. Oh, I used to hide things from my Facebook. Feed. I didn't want anyone to know I was starting a business. I, I had a brand and I just, I, I like didn't want people to know that it was me. I was just so scared. And so it felt like even putting my name out there felt so vulnerable. Okay. But wait, we got to unpack it because this is where the magic is. This is the moment where people get ideas all the time. They get a calling, a lure, they get a pool, right? A vision, a dream, a goal, and then they get scared. So, but it's in that moment where it first arrives, where you're like, do you decide to listen or do you just push it aside and be like, no, 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 I could never do that. So where were you when that happened? How did you know what the next step would be and what exactly was that that you were afraid to launch? Well, so slowly by slowly, I became a little bit more part of the brand. But mindset-wise, I was like, well, people don't want me. They want the community. They want something else. So I, I had a brand at the time and I, I, I launched a membership and I actually had paid my coach to come into the membership and coach with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh, I can't do this myself. So I had all this imposter syndrome. You know, Here I was like hiding from social media because sharing that I was doing a business felt really vulnerable. And I'm like, what if I fail? Right? Mm-hmm. Like putting it out there. And such, I didn't want people to judge it or question it. I wasn't really even sure what it was yet. So I'm like, how do I explain it to other people? So I didn't really want my personal network to know. And so it kept evolving a little bit, a little bit. And then after I had the membership for a few months, I was like, okay, maybe I should coach my own clients, right? Like, let's see, <laughs> let's, let's see how this works. And so I did my first call just by myself. And I was like, okay, this is how it's supposed to feel. And, and then nobody left. And I was so nervous everyone was going to leave if I didn't have her on the calls with me, right? So that was like the first step of like, okay, internally, people do want to work with me and like seeing that shift and really being able to look back and say, I have a decade of experience. Like, why do I think Mm -hmm. I can't do this? Mm -hmm. So that was kind of the first step of it. Right. And then over that next year, I started realizing 
people didn't really know how I could help them. So once people got into my membership or closer into my network, then they could learn different things, right? But on the outside looking in, people weren't really sure what I was an expert at. And I found myself giving advice for people to really brand themselves as experts and then not taking my own advice, right? Mm -hmm. And as someone who gives advice, there's always those times where you're like, oh, I got to take my own medicine here, right? Like I felt so out of alignment, but it was really hard to to see and to make that decision. But once it was like right in front of me, I'm like, okay, I have to debrand. I have to become a personal brand. And what I had realized is over the course of that year, I had been really working on my own mindset to put myself out there more because I I saw it was a problem, right? Mm. And internally with clients I was working with or members in my membership, I started bringing them in on those conversations. So it was like, they're coming to me for marketing. And then I would notice that they were having a problem that I had, right? So I'm like, well, I struggled with this too. And this is what I started doing. And I joke, as soon as I started coupling the mindset with the marketing, that's mm-hmm. when they actually did what I told them to do. And of course, <laughs> you had to step out of your comfort zone, which totally. was being behind the veil. Of so, okay. So I just want to unpack a little bit because we just dove so deep so fast. Which so much. I, I know. It's a lot. It's I'm like, I, oh, it, but it doesn't happen overnight, right? Like it's no. always an evolution. It is. And I totally appreciate that because people look at, you know, someone's success that they're constantly comparing themselves against and, and they're like thinking that some overnight success. Like for example, Rachel Hollis, right? Like the whole world knows about Rachel Hollis right now, her and her husband. And it looks like she's this overnight success because she's, she's got her New York times bestselling book out there in the world right now. And on every top podcast, et cetera, she's 10 years in the making, right? She's been doing the work every single day, just like you, like you were doing the work, you're a true expert in your space. But when we put ourselves out there and then others compare against what they want to start, they always think, oh, but yours just happened like as if it were magic. No, it's called putting in the work and that's what you did. And so that's what I want to applaud you for is because the real work is the behind the scenes stuff that then you get to share with people how to do. Okay. But still, when you talk about having this personal brand, which is what we're going to talk about today, and you said, I started with a personal brand and then I started a membership platform, that A to B, there was like a whole million questions that I know everyone at home <laughs> like, wait, what do you mean you just started a membership platform? Honestly, Jacqueline, I probably have 50, this is a good people, story. 50 people going through my programs or coaching with me right now that are like, okay, so how exactly do you start? you know, that, that piece right there, because it's so confusing. And there's so many companies, lead platforms, landing page platforms, all this stuff. So I want to unpack it all. So you have a branding company, but what does that mean? And then where does it go from there? So when I started my business, and I'm going to use the word business really loosely, because when I first started, it was not a business. It was an Instagram account. I love it. And I was still working a job, but I wanted to be able to be at home with my kids and also have a business. And so at the time I just had, I just had my daughter, she was born premature. I took a ton of time mm. off of work and away from work to be with her. Cause she was, she was born, she was three pounds, 10 ounces. And I just oh. couldn't like, I just like, as soon as we were able to finally bring her home, I like, didn't want to let her go, you know? 
Mm. So I was like, okay, she was getting a little bit older and I'm like, we want to have a second child, but I want to, to have this flexibility. And my dad had his own business and I'm very much my dad's personality. And I always aspired (laughs) to be like him and follow in his footsteps with, with having my own business. But my mom was a stay at home mom. And I was the kid that ran off the bus and sat at the counter and told my mom like every excruciating detail of my day. And I loved it. And Mm. I always envisioned having those conversations with my kids and being there in that way. So I always felt it was an either or. And then I discovered this whole online business thing. I'm like, I could actually have both. So I knew I wanted to start something, but I didn't know what. And so it started as just an Instagram account for moms that had businesses. I didn't have a business yet. I was like, let me just see what these people are doing and start building a community around this. And it grew fast. Mm. I think it grew fast because I... One had been studying, so I knew social media and how it worked. Mm-hmm. And I also had been listening to podcasts and, and learning all these things about online marketing. And I also didn't have a business. So I spent an inordinate amount of time on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Makes so, sense. <laughs> so, so it grew fast. I got my first 1,000 followers in, mm. in that first month. Mm. And so it's, it started to just grow from there. But it was, it was not me. It was, it was a brand. It was under the, the brand at the time was Chasing Dreams and Littles. Mm. And, and so it was all under that. And it was nothing about me. You didn't see pictures of me. I didn't use my name anywhere. Like it was all about just Chasing Dreams and Littles. Mm. And so after a few months, I... I launched a Facebook group and then I started inviting these people into a challenge. Wait, wait, hold on. So this is the magic right here. I love it. I have so many questions for you. When you say you started a Facebook group, that is the next follow-up question that everybody asks. Should I do a Facebook group? Should it be a paid group? Should it be a secret group? Should it be, you know, all these things? Why did you start the Facebook group? What, What did you know, even though you might not have known it consciously or think that it would give to you or, or, or what did you think it was going to do? So you know why I started the Facebook group? This is such a good question. Although this whole thing is kind of like, this is what I did, but don't do that. Okay, fine. (laughs) Because I would never say to start with a membership now, right? But this is what I did. I didn't know any better. And with the the reason why I wanted the Facebook group is because I was connecting with all of these mom Mm -hmm. business owners on Instagram and they were on Instagram as their brands and businesses. So it was like all of us were like faceless companies on Instagram connecting with each other, myself included, right? And I'm like, I feel like I don't really know these people, right? Like, and we're starting to get into deeper conversations and it's like under someone's brand, right? So it felt funny. And so I'm like, okay, if we do this on Facebook, then I can see their faces and and we could actually, and I could see who these people are behind the companies. So I was craving that connection, even though it was like my first, now that I'm saying this, I hadn't really thought about it like that. I think this is my first step of like, okay, like maybe I'm not totally ready to be the face of my own company yet, but I was craving that connection with other people kind of hiding behind their brands. Mm, Yes, of course. Okay. Wait, you also just said something. You're like, listen, today I would never start a membership platform first. First, Never. What would you do first? So 
first, I, I, I recommend that people really establish their expertise mm-hmm. working one-on-one, whether it's mm-hmm. coaching, consulting, or doing done-for-you work, becoming the expert. Mm-hmm. And really, when you work one-on-one, that's when you get, it's the best market research you get paid to do, right? Mm-hmm. So that's when you find out what are people really struggling with? What are the questions they have? What's going on behind the scenes? For me, it wasn't until I started working with people through through my membership and then upselling them into coaching that I realized everyone was having mindset problems. I thought it was just me. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, they were hiring me for marketing. We get on a call and then everyone was talking about all this stuff going on in their head that they didn't feel mm-hmm. safe to talk about anywhere else, right? Yes. So I would have never even known that that was a thing if I wasn't getting on calls with people. Yet at the same time, they were echoing back or reflecting exactly what you were feeling as you were trying to connect with these faceless brands through Instagram. And then we were able to connect on in Facebook. Totally. Now something funny happened Mm -hmm. that I didn't mention earlier. So, (laughs) so here I, so here I am, I got this Instagram following building up. I start this Facebook group. I'm trying to build this brand chasing dreams and littles. (laughs) And I start joining other Facebook groups, either paid communities or free communities, because I really wanted to be around other people that were doing similar things. Right. So I'm asking questions, I'm engaging and I'm sharing a lot about what I'm doing and how it's working and oh, I, you know, what I was doing on Instagram. And people got really curious. And they're like, oh, how did you get that many followers? Or how are you getting your followers into the Facebook group? Or how are these followers now joining your membership? Mm. And so here I am trying to, you know, build this witness protection program <laughs> business that has no face to it. But simultaneously, I start building relationships and getting known for Instagram. Now I want to be clear. I do not, I'm not an Instagram expert now, but at the time people, I ended up by accident building a personal brand around Instagram Hmm. because just from building relationships and talking about what I was doing and that, that I was having some success doing it. So all this time, I'm like trying to get this membership going and it sounds really fancy, right? Oh, I launched this membership and I could even like share numbers in a twisted way that makes it sound all like, oh, I had a challenge with 300 people and I converted almost 10%. I got 29 new members. But the reality is I was making under $1,000 a month with this membership at the time, right? right? So you can make numbers sound fancy and conversions and whatnot, but it was not a sustainable business at that time because even with having pretty good conversion numbers, my audience just wasn't big enough, right? So that, and that is really the core reason why I think it's always better to wait to build up that expertise first and then start, once you have that runway revenue, then start building your audience to launch something that's a one-to-many model. Mm -hmm. So that's why I say don't do what I did. But the funny Mm -hmm. thing is by by having this whole personal brand thing happen by accident, I was like, oh wait, I never set out to be an Instagram expert. And I was actually pregnant. So the same week I launched the membership, the pot and the podcast, I found out I was pregnant with baby number two. Oh my God. So here I am. I'm like, okay, well, if people want help with Instagram, maybe I can charge them for that. Mm -hmm. And so I started doing Instagram consulting for $300 an hour. And I was like, whoa, okay. So now I'm making all this money with Instagram. I'm barely making any money on my membership. There's something to this whole personal brand thing. So that really, it all that piece happened by accident for me, but was so eye-opening. Now, do you believe that there are accidents? 
(laughs) (laughs) Oh, you have good questions. (laughs) Well, I'm a really good listener. Yes. No, I, I do believe everything happens for a reason. And it's funny because I was not wanting to put myself out there in a public way yet or to my existing network. But here I was putting myself and being vulnerable. The same people that wanted to hire me were were in the same groups that I was sharing things I was struggling with, right? Mm. So I'm like, wow, like I'm like just being me, like connecting in a group here and all these people want to hire me. Like how cool is that? And so I think that's really the way it needed to happen for me to see that, wow, I can really be myself and just share what I'm doing and what's working and, and people want to hire me for that. Like there's something there. How awesome is that, right? And you didn't have to hide behind a brand or anything fancy. So this right here is already, or like probably one third of the way through this conversation and there's so much value. So for anyone listening, don't let fear stop you one moment more, right? Because we get we get caught up in like, oh, we have to create this, this, and that, or like, oh, I could never show my face or certainly never be honest or vulnerable and transparent when that is the true key to conversion these days, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. It's so, people are craving it because Ugh. it's just not, there's so much fake, like automated Bullshit. stuff going yes. on, right? Yes. And so whenever that is that you know, I actually use this term and you would probably really appreciated this, but that, that break in the wall, right? That like invisible wall in theater mm-hmm. of the, you know, the actors and the audience. But when there is that break in like, like on Saturday Night Live, when they start laughing during a scene or something like that, like it just makes it even funnier, you know? Mm-hmm. And when we can do that with our audience and not everything is like picture perfect and that's when the true connection, vulnerability breeds connection in that way. Totally. I love hearing that. Okay. We're going to unpack that in just a second, but I want to go back to you by accident, which of course we know there's nothing by accident. It was, it was a pulling for you to just see that people wanted this and you stepped up into it. You're the one who said yes, which is so awesome. Then you said that at the same time you started a podcast. So what inspired you to start the podcast? Were you like, I'm going to make money off of this? Or were you and your bestie who you co-host your podcast with just be like, you know what, let's add even more value and just put so much of it into the world for free. And let's just, maybe we'll be able to convert some listeners into customers. I mean, what was the thought process behind it? Okay. So the podcast came together. We could call that a quote unquote accident as well, right? Like (laughs) some of these things, they just happen, right? And you're like, oh my gosh, it was just meant to be. So here I was with my, so back when I first started the Instagram account, and here I was with my thousand Instagram followers ready to monetize. <laughs> and, and I saw that she had, so I did not know Jessica at this time, right? So she was just a random person in a Facebook group. It wasn't Jessica even like- Jessica's your co-host on the podcast. Yeah. So yeah, Jessica okay. Stansberry is my co-host. Mm-hmm. Back in the summer of 2015, we had no idea who each other were. I, it wasn't even like, oh, I see her all the time in this Facebook group. Like it was just a random person to me, mm-hmm. but she had great branding. And she had, a, she had a course that came out and I was like, Ooh, that looks really pretty and also looks like a good course. And I think that my thousand Instagram followers would love this. I should reach out to her and see if I could be an affiliate. Cause I'd been listening to all these podcasts. So I was just like, so inspired. Like I just wanted to start taking action. Right. Yes. And so I'm like, how can I monetize this? Like people are really engaged. And so I was like, Oh, maybe I could be an affiliate for someone else's course. So 
I reach out to her. We set up a coffee chat, the two of us to talk about this supposed to be like 20 minutes, two hours later, we're just like gabbing (laughs) each other's ears off instant chemistry. Like just, we were, we were meant to be friends. Right. Mm. So in the back of my head, because I had been a big podcast listener. I'd always wanted to start a podcast, but I thought that I needed an audience first. And, and so I was like, let me like get a year under my belt. And then I, I was also like, okay, let me get money coming in from the business. And then I can hire out the tech side of things. Cause I am not techie at all. Mm-hmm. Jessica will tell you I'm allergic to tech. Me too. So, yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of, so the podcast was always part of my long-term vision, but I didn't exactly know what it would look like. And I didn't think it was something I could do before I even started a business. Okay. Note to self, everyone listening. Do you hear that? She had no freaking clue how to do any of it. Nothing. That's what I love. It's like, but you didn't need to worry about the how. You're resourceful. You're smart. You were hungry. You had drive and you wanted to make an impact. You know, and you also knew that you had something to share. So you let all of that fuel you and not get caught up in the logistics of being techie or savvy or knowing how. This is huge. Okay. Keep going. Totally. My so, so we have this call. We don't talk about a podcast on the call. We're just talking about business and life and all the things. That night we joke, she proposed. <laughs> so <laughs> we, this is, again, this is, I probably usually don't recommend getting into business partnerships and with less than 24 hours. So basically of a, everything of that each you're other. sharing here today, you're saying, <laughs> don't do this. <laughs> but sometimes when you know it's right, you know it's right, right? Exactly. Like we totally beat the odds on these things. Yes. So that night she sent me an email and she had, she had all up in your lady business as a blog of, as part of her site. She was a web designer at the time and she started interviewing female entrepreneurs as part of this blog series. And she wanted to turn it into a podcast, but she wanted a co-host and she wanted someone who had, she had good chemistry with, but also she wanted someone that wasn't Southern. So she could tell us apart because she lives in North Carolina. Right. So after this call, I guess I was, she was like, wow, we could really like do this podcasting together. So she reached out to me. She proposed, well, I'll give you all the juice, right? So <laughs> she proposed a 60, 40 relationship where all I had to do was just show up and be the co-host and she would do everything else. Cause she was techie. Cause she oh, was a web designer. Right? So I cheated a little bit there. I, I got into a good relationship. So I was like, okay, this is, you know, this sounds really good, but if we're going to do this, let's do this together and build this brand together. So I was like, let's take this, this brand off of your blog, make it its own brand and be 50, 50 partners. And that way we can all go in. And I was like, and I'll do, I'll do the marketing for it. I can get the guests for us and all of this stuff and kind of sold myself of what I could bring to the table to help get us started. So, and she was like, okay, great, let's do it. So we like, we didn't even know each other. And we, and we decided to go into business together and we're like (laughs) negotiating percentages of nothing. Right. Uh, But a few months later we launched and, and over the past, I mean, almost instantly we just became best friends because we were going through, we both had kids, we both had these businesses going and, and just by starting to talk multiple times a week about, about the podcast, we just became so close so soon. It's amazing. Now, how many episodes do you guys release each week? So we have been doing two a week for years, but we just dropped down to one. Because it's a lot. People don't even realize, and I don't know if you've heard the statistics, and this is something for you to just put a little feather in your cute hat, and that is 80% of podcasts fail, i.e. give up after eight episodes. Did you know that? 
eight episodes. Eight episodes. So wow. like you're like at 300 and what, 302 in real time? Something like I mean, that. Something yes. insane. And, and I was looking at your reviews and I also love that you guys, you know, use profanity in virtually every single episode. And I'm just like, I love these girls. <laughs> They're so awesome. <laughs> But so what we wanted to talk about today is like, you know, part of your secret sauce and and the awesomeness that's such a magnet to, I just think, bring so many people to the podcast, to your platforms is you guys are so real, so relatable, so down to earth, yet completely aspirational, kind of like a, if we can do it, anyone can do it. But I really believe that is true of everybody and its mindset. So you've mentioned already like three times in this very brief chat that you were obsessed with podcasts, still continue to be, and that you've been listening to podcasts, and that's what inspired you to think, oh, maybe we could create our own podcast. So which ones were you listening to then, and which ones are you listening to now? Oh, that's such a good question. So my first podcast I ever listened to was Serial, which I'm probably not alone there. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and my cousin who lived in Long Island and was commuting into New York City had told me about it. And I'm like, Podcasts are for people that live in big cities and have commutes. Right, <laughs> people, right. Like, like, people who live in suburbs time. don't listen to podcasts. Like, I right. totally didn't think it was like anything that I could ever do. But I had, she's like, well, you have this drive home tomorrow. Like, you should just listen to it. And I right. got totally hooked. <laughs> and from there, I, I, by accident, all these accidents, it's so funny. I keep saying that and you're <laughs> making me so aware of it, of like all these little breadcrumbs that led me there. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and someone had recommended a startup podcast to me. And I ended up finding startup by Gimlet Media, which was so good and was not the one that they had originally recommended, but was amazing and was really behind the scenes of him trying to build this business. And that like being taken behind the scenes of someone else that was building a business is mm-hmm. so inspiring because yes. wow, like, like that's how it's done, right? Like nobody talks about these things. And I felt like I like the whole world became unlocked to me. Like it was like, wow, there's all this content, all these people sharing what they're doing and, and being so open of what's working and what's not working. And suddenly I had always wanted to start my own business, but it always felt like something that was going to be this big capital investment or like something that was going to happen down the road. And suddenly I was like, Oh, I think I could do this now. So it really just opened up the whole idea that that could even happen. But back then I listened to EO Fire and Amy Porterfield's podcast and Pat Flynn's Smart Passive Income, like all of the big ones back then. Mm -hmm. And who are you listening to these days? Your top threes. Yes. So I, you know, I still love a good, I don't listen to Serial, but I actually met the host at an event of this, this, a similar type podcast called Without Warning. And she has me totally hooked because sometimes I need to listen to things that are, that are not just business. Mm -hmm, Totally. (laughs) Oh, yes. But I love James Wedmore's podcast. Mm -hmm. I love Rick Mulready, The Art of Paid Traffic. Mm. And I, you know, I probably have like a hundred or so podcasts and it's just like whatever episodes come up sometimes. It's like that luck of the draw of like, oh, maybe this is what I need to hear today. I love that. And it's so important. And obviously you're very busy putting out your own amazing content. And so that's really now where we break down into the 2.0 version of the call, which is, you know, there was so much that we could have covered and you and I chatted about this before I hit record. And it's like, you know what, let's talk about the mindset around personal branding. Because at the end of the day, wouldn't you say that people are less interested 
in the brand itself, but they're more interested in what you just described, which lured you in to begin with, which is the behind the scenes, the mechanics, you know, business in real time, conversions in real time, making decisions in real time. People want to be a part of that process almost more than anything. And when people break it down, not in retrospect 10 years later when it's all good and safe now, right? There's less at stake, but in real time when it's happening, when we're afraid, when we're worried what others might think, when we think it's too big of a commitment, but we do it anyway, that's the magic. Yes? Absolutely. You hit the nail yes. on the head there. Uh, well, so, and that's what I'm so drawn to. And by the way, just to give a quick little shout out to one of the first people that ever inspired me to do that was Lori Harder. She's got a podcast called Earn Your Happy. And I'm way more of a fan than a friend, but she was sharing stuff like that. She'd go, you know, she'd share about speaking at a big 10x, you know, Grant Cardone event and how she wanted to puke, you know, on the side of the stage right before she went on because she thought she wasn't good enough and wasn't worthy and all that bullshit, right? That can come up to get us at any given moment. Meanwhile, she's got to go on. <laughs> and yeah. so the mindset ritual and routines, right? Of what she had to do to turn it around in real time, feel the fear and do it anyway, make it be about service, adding value, not about her, about other which is obviously the antidote to virtually everything. But where do people begin when they're feeling like you felt, okay, I've got something that I want to put out there. I know that I need to be smart and leverage the internet, <laughs> or as my mom would say, the Facebook, <laughs> the Facebook, right? <laughs> to monetize this big idea. Don't know where to begin. I'm going to follow Jacqueline's advice because I know she's done it and, and, and build up a runway of revenue. What does that mean? And is that where you would start? With the with the mindset of putting yourself out there, is that what you want to go into here? Yeah, building the personal brand. And, and so that we start there knowing that that is basically going to be the offshoot of everything. Yes, totally. So first things first with the mindset around building, mindset of anything, right? Mm -hmm. And getting outside of your comfort zone is a lot of times in our head, it feels like we go from like sitting here listening to a podcast and you're driving in your car and listening to a podcast and maybe you have an idea or maybe you're already doing something and you're like, I know I should be putting myself out there more. And mm -hmm. then we immediately put ourselves in that story you just shared of like, well, mm -hmm. well I could never, I could never speak on stage at an event like that. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like this extreme, like, like we go outside the comfort zone, but it's like miles, <laughs> like light years <laughs> outside of the comfort zone. Right. Yeah. And a lot of times we take it to such an extreme that we're like, well, I could never do that. So I should never, I should never do this. Right. Yes. And, and then we never take that next step where the best thing you can do when we're trying to get out of our comfort zone, isn't to like go like way out of the comfort zone, but it's to go like just outside of the comfort zone. Like, I feel like we, I wish I had a graph right now. And there's that like little dot that's like right outside of your comfort zone and to start there and to baby step it and to build on it. Mm. Because a lot of times we try to take too much of a big leap or we just think about taking too much of a big leap. And that prevents us from ever even getting outside of it. So true. So true. And then how people share and what they share. So this is this is a conversation that I literally had back in February when I had never posted anything other than like, beautiful day, you know, or something <laughs> like that, you know, yep. and then have a perfect filter and then maybe a filter on top of the filter. And it was perfectly, everything was so perfect. I'm a recovering perfectionist, you know, and it was just, it was just so much work. And, but I remember having a coffee with a friend who has this huge following in 
Insta, top podcast, blah, 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 just like you. And saying, doesn't it just take so much time to put all the posts out? And it's like, no, when you stop second guessing yourself and you just allow yourself to download, you know, things will flow a little bit easier. Plus you get better over time. Have you noticed that to be true for you? Like it just, you become more efficient with it. Absolutely. And I I think a great place to start, and I love that you just shared this example because it plays into this so well, is just think about having coffee with someone in your audience, Mm -hmm. right? If you were to sit down with someone, whether it's for Instagram or your podcast or whatever it is that you're sharing, wherever you're sharing, if you were to sit down and be having coffee face-to-face with that person, what do you have in common? What topics are going to come up? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes it's hard to find that line of like, so do I share everything? Like, where's the, like, like, how am I just supposed to share every thought or feeling I ever have? And that can feel overwhelming too, right? Like that's that, that dot way outside of your comfort zone. So starting with what are those connection points? What would you talk about anyway? And starting to share those things, even if they're not, and especially if they're not directly related to your business. I guess it depends on who you're having coffee with in this theoretical scenario. And what kinds of things would you think that you could share that you might have in common? So what would be an example of that? So for me, let's say for my Instagram or even my podcast listeners, so I'm a mom. And even if I was having coffee with one of my Instagram followers or podcast listeners that was not a mom, I'm probably going to show some cute pictures of the kids. I'm probably going to talk about my daughter just started kindergarten or we just took away the passy. Like those things will probably Uh come up even if I'm not talking to another mom, right? So sharing the fact that I am a mom is just such a big part of my life and such a big part of my my why for creating Mm -hmm. a business where I have a flexible schedule that it makes a lot of sense. For me to for me to talk about it, for me, I'm actually a big Dunkin' Donuts fan. Yes, <laughs> you have Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, girl, uh, <laughs> we had our very first Santa Monica Dunkin' Donuts showed up about two years ago, and it. I've still I've been many many times. I'm a donut connoisseur. Let's just put it that way. Proud of it, but I have so never had. So, and that one arrived about two years ago, and there was a line the night before for it to open at like 5 a.m. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Locks down the road. It was hilarious. But I know you love your black toasted almond cup of joe from yes i'm actually i i'm drinking my reheated duncan from this morning you've inspired (laughs) me i might have to go pick one up today because this is middle of october and we just got our first like real fall day it's like chilly and kind of windy today and i'm like oh maybe that a cup of that sounds so good it does. Well, yes, it is. It's very autumn here today. It's very <laughs> cold. Oh, so I, so I, I love Duncan. So I've actually Duncan is part of my brand now. And it's so funny because mm. people will actually, you know, send like tag me in posts or send me DMS when they're driving by a Duncan or when they're drinking Duncan, or there was actually a Duncan shoe that came out. Oh, hilarious. Like, you should buy this. So it doesn't always have to be something that's like big and super vulnerable, but it's like little things like that when you invite people into your life. And it's not just like, I don't just like coffee. I like Duncan, right? Right, right. And so it's specific and it doesn't always have to be something super emotional, but I do share the emotional stuff too. I've really struggled with body image and, and, and putting myself out there. And, and I, 
really started opening up with my with my audience about that and how I've let it hold me back in the past and I'm not letting it hold me back now and and really inviting people into that like conversation that's happened in my head a lot, which feels really vulnerable to post a picture of my husband and I and be like, I had this picture taken a year ago and I didn't share it because all I saw was my double chin mm. and and really invite them into that conversation. But by doing that, by me sharing those insecurities that I had and things that I let hold me back in so many areas of life. Not that everyone in my audience has body image struggles, but they have something similar, right? Where they can relate to that feeling. They're like, oh, wow. And you're doing it anyway now, right? So sometimes as a leader, we have to leap first. So I, it's, you know, those are things that can, that can come up that are really important for me to share. And I don't know anyone who doesn't have some sort of body dysmorphia. I mean, that's something that plagued me so hardcore. And still, I can look back on photos and I'm like, I remember being obsessed with thinking I looked fat in that dress or that top. And I look at the photo now and I'm like, and that was 20 pounds less than where I am now. Wow. You know what I mean? It and it's just such a crazy perspective. It's yeah. just crazy. And I, I'll never forget, I was a host for three years at the Home Shopping Network in Florida, one of the best jobs I've ever had because it was all live TV. In the middle of the night, it taught me stamina and confidence and rapport with anyone because we would have some of the biggest celebrities on the planet come in with their lines. But Heather Thompson, who is the CEO and founder of a shapewear company called Yummy Tummy. Maybe you're familiar. Oh, yes, I am. Yeah. But I remember, and I would have a blast with her. She was a New Yorker and still is. And we would have such a great time because she was so freaking relatable. But she'd say, girl, I don't care if you're a size two or a 22. Your fat roll is your fat roll. In other words, don't shame Ooh, us because yeah. we're showing an extra small, you know, shape piece of shapewear. It's like wherever we are, it's like, you know, it's, there's, there's, you know, there's, there's respect to be to be paid for everyone, no matter what their size is, honestly. Totally, totally. And these days we're so liberated, right? And it's the more we get out, I almost thought having an extra 15, 20 pounds on is better because then it's like you have more talking points to be relatable, <laughs> right? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yes. Seriously. Oh. But what would you say are the top three mindset limiting beliefs that you help people break through the most consistently? Sure. And before, so one thing I just want to point out though, too, in case people didn't catch it, because I just kind of snuck in the body confidence thing there is I wouldn't bring that up over coffee. Right. So when I say start with the, like, what's that coffee conversation? That's like, okay, yeah, I'll share my kids. I'll share my love of coffee. I'll share some things going on in my life but then work your way up, right? And as you get more confident sharing more, then work up to sharing some of those more vulnerable things. But if someone told me I had to start there, I would have never started, right? Totally. So it took it took years for me to get to that point where I saw and was able to look beyond myself to say, okay, I need to share this, right? And look at, okay, so just let's unpack that for a moment and we'll go back to the three mindset tips, but looking at where that's taken you from a girl who had a brand in social media, but you were behind the brand. So you never showed your face and, but you knew you had a message and you knew, you knew you wanted to make an impact. And then you started feeding your mind. This is all mindset hacks right here. Feeding your mind with people that were inspiring you with other things that they were saying, value and content that was 
priceless to you that started to inspire you even more. Kismet kindred meant to be accidents that propelled you forward. And then you getting out in front of your brand for the first time and sharing things like your love for Duncan or being a mom and the struggles and the triumphs and, and all of that to now full circle, a very popular podcast, an extremely successful business, membership-based, et cetera, working with clients, being a speaker, and you're on TV. I mean, talk about going to the fourth wall. I mean, once you hit TV, I mean, there is no hiding. You are there and it is happening and it is real. What was that experience like? How's that been for you? Oh my goodness. Well, well, that was super scary. And, and, <laughs> and that was a big milestone for me because yes. I really thought that I had to lose weight in order to be on TV. Mm-hmm. And that was something that I, I let that story play out for a very long time of like, well, I'm going to lose weight. And eventually when I lose weight, then I'll apply to be on TV or then I'll reach out and try to get on TV. And and I am lucky enough to surround myself with people that challenge me on things like that. And I really had to start being like, okay, why do I hold this belief to be so true? And to start thinking about things, like you said before, of like, okay, well, why is it important for me to not wait? Right. Mm. And even if it's that one person in my audience that sees me do that thing and it's like, oh, I didn't think I could do that until I was a size two either. Right. And, and if that opens up that door for them, then it's worth it. Even beyond me being on TV to help my business in other ways. Right. And spread my message. It's like just me being there is going to maybe help someone see that they can be there too. Yes. Stepping up and saying yes for those who don't yet. I always think about that. I'm like, this is not for me. It's for others. Every time I step on the set of Extra, which was a total dream job, and it was a very specific goal of mine, I always know that I'm not there for me and it has nothing to do with me. I'm there for the show, for the cast, the crew, the viewership, and the entrepreneurs behind the brands that I represent. That's, you know, and when I, and when I really come from that place and get out of my own head, then I'm able to serve and have a great time and add so much levity. And, you know, because then it's, it's really not about me. Just like this podcast, when I download just me, who I really am having a coffee with a close friend, because let's face it, this one for me, I'm very transparent, but I, I love what you're talking about because when we're truly authentic and we just allow that to serve others, then you never know where that's going to take you. And that's the whole point of this is that you look back and connect the dots, but you might not have known it when you were starting. But now as an expert in this space, you can look back and help us connect the dots before we even take that first step. Does that make sense? So beautifully put. Yes, absolutely. Oh, well, that's what you're doing because I mean, believe me, there's so much I can learn from you. I'm like, if I had two hours right now, I'd force her to stay on the phone (laughs) because there's so much I want to learn from you. I mean, just going to your website, I was, it was like a vortex of goodness. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so much good stuff. It's so much, there's so much value here. I think you can take a couple of years off people's journeys of trying to start. And so we'll definitely encourage people to check out your site and you've got some free goodies for them. But going back to this stepping out and stepping up before you're ready and despite what you think, you know, it should all look like, because that's bullshit too. That's just part of the how. That's part of the how. Even the outfits. These days when I'm like every single week have to have a new outfit and I'm like, oh God, it's exhausting. I don't have a stylist or, you know, people don't dress me. And and I'm like, does it really matter? Honestly, like it does. But as long as I go in with like a big shiny spirit and I know my craft and I know it's not about me and it's about others, that's 80% of it. And wouldn't you say that when you showed up on the set, 80% was the psychology, 20% is mechanics. 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because you could have the best outfit in the world, but if you're not feeling it, people aren't going to resonate. Right. Oh, totally. But you could pretty much be wearing anything and, and shine through. A hundred percent. And we see people do it all the time. And that's what's so relatable. People respond to spirit. They respond to state, beautiful energy. And you can hear it in your voice that this is who you are. And it's just, it's beautiful. And and then when anyone follows you in social, they're like, oh my God, she's so fun. And okay. So I have a quick funny story. Uh, okay, I don't okay, have yes. a lot of time, but because yes. you brought it up. So I had picked out the perfect red dress <laughs> to wear for my TV interview. Yes. And so I, I have it already that morning. I had like flew into DC the night before. And that morning I go to put it on and there was, it was shrunk. Ah! <laughs> it was, I washed it and it was like so short. And I'm like, what? Oh my God, I, what am I going to do? I can't wear this. And so I had to wear, I had another dress that I had worn the day before on the airplane. And so I, I ironed <laughs> my like dirty airplane dress from the day before and had to wear that dress. And here I am like, okay, I'm just going to rock my like one day old dress. Here we go. And <laughs> I get there and Macy Gray was also on the set that day. And she oh was God. in this hoodie and it's like really like baggy, very casual pants. And as they're interviewing. And so I'm sitting, I'm like, oh, like, okay, well, I guess, you know, all, everyone shows up. Like I was like, oh, she's like rocking who she she is right, right, and then she starts telling the story about how shampoo got all over her clothes, and this was all she had in her backpack that wasn't in the luggage. Oh and my so gosh. she and she showed up for this interview in like the backpack clothes <laughs> and <laughs> totally upstaged my story now, <laughs> but she rocked it. And I just, I was like, okay, this is totally meant to be. There was a theme there, it was yes. like, oh my gosh, it doesn't matter. It really didn't matter. Was really that your first matter. TV appearance? Yes, that was my first TV appearance. And how did that happen? All from connection, right? It's all about who we know and connecting to people. And so uh, someone who I was working with had known a producer there. And, and which and, show was it? And so it was Good Day Washington. Mm-hmm. And that was just recent. August. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a couple months ago for anyone who's listening in real time, that's amazing. Yeah. I love that. You know, that brings up one more point before we get to your three mindset hacks, <laughs> which is I love where you talk about that you help passionate, creative entrepreneurs channel their zone of genius, tackle their inner mean girl and build no love and trust with themselves in their tribe. What, is, what do you mean by no love and trust? such a good question. So it's a little bit of my own spin on a marketing term where people say you have to build no like and trust, right? Mm -hmm. So people have to know Mm -hmm. who you are and what you do. They have to like you, but in my positioning, I want them to love you, right? Like I Mm want to really build that connection where like feels so passive, right? Mm -hmm. And your true raving fans are going to love you and love your message and what you're all about and, and feel more emotion and connection there. And then the trust is really that trust that's built over time through consistency and and you really being an authority and expert in your space. So they have to trust that one, they can come to you for advice that you know what you're talking about, right? And that you can help them, but also that that you're going to be there and that you care and really that two-way relationship that we're that we're building, even even with big audiences, it's still so important. 
So, but in the marketing world, it's no love and trust, right? But I take that to another level to say, you know what, you can do that all day long with your audience, but until you know that for yourself, mm. until you really are on that journey of, of self-awareness and knowing who you are and, and why this is important to you and, and what you really are great at, right? And until you have that self-love with yourself and that mm. confidence and belief, and until you trust yourself, because you're going to be putting yourself outside of that comfort zone and building that, that trust and integrity with ourself is sometimes harder to do with ourselves than with others, right? How many times do we say, oh, we're going to go to the gym tomorrow and then don't, but you're not going to miss that call with the client, right? <laughs> and so building, I, you know, sometimes like, That's oh, I'm integrity, right but now. you know, it's, yes. it's easy to let ourselves down, right? Or it's yeah. easy to say, I'm not going to get my hopes up, mm. but we have to get our hopes up, right? Like that's the only yes. way is to yes. have that faith. It's two sides of the same coin for me is really building that relationship with yourself and building it with your audience. And speaking of tribe, how much has your tribe changed since you embarked on this journey? So it's, you know, it's funny. So it's actually on the outside, it might not look that different, mm -hmm. but the mindset of my tribe has changed over mm -hmm. the years. So what I found in the beginning when my brand was Chasing Dreams and Littles because of that name, right? Chasing Dreams and talking about the mom life with the business, I was attracting a lot of people who wanted to make extra money to pay for dance lessons or wanted to take right. their family to Disney. They didn't have very big goals. And what I found is when I debranded and really owned my personal brand. Now, I don't market to moms. You won't find the word mom anywhere on my site. But about 90% of my audience is moms because I just share my life and people relate. And a lot of moms who have businesses connect with that. But they're different than the moms that had businesses from a couple of years ago because they have a, a different kind of growth mindset where they see, even if they're at the same place of business, which sometimes they're a lot further along, but sometimes they're not, right? So sometimes the businesses on the outside look the same, but on the inside, mindset-wise, they see themselves growing something really big. Mm, totally. I love that. Well, and tribe is everything. I mean, there's a great quote by actually one of my recent guests and it hasn't yet aired. And he says that your social currency is worth more than your financial currency. Mm. And right? Isn't that good? And we hear about this all the time. And so I, and, and then you, not a small town, but living in the suburbs and, you know, and even me, I live in a big city, Los Angeles, and I've been on air for 10 years. And so it looks like I get after big dreams and crush goals and all that stuff. But to, to do something like this, or to start all the large group masterminds that I run and, you know, all that I'm doing now, it's not even a reflection of, of my life even one year ago. And so there were quite a few people that were, you know, kind of looking at like, one eye open, like the side eye, like what, what, what's she doing? <laughs> and then I'm imagining that they're thinking, who does she think she is? Kind of like all that stuff that you experienced when you started, right? Yeah. Imposter syndrome, like, oh my God, what are they going to think? And who do I think I am? And like, like you said, you had to know love and trust with you first. And I love it because if we go full circle, just for purposes of time, and we even use the example of you going on TV with the backpack dress, <laughs> which I love because that's happened 
me a million times. And how many times do we hear about that happening with A-list celebrities on the red carpet, right? Safety pins holding them up, standing behind them to block, you know, the panties from popping out. I mean, it's hilarious. Like I'm thinking of Sofia Vergara right now and every celebrity that I follow has one of those moments. And we love that stuff because it makes them so real. Yes, exactly. You're like, oh, they're just like us. They spilled coffee or like, oh, we went to, you know, whenever I, the Oscars, you always will see after the Oscars or Golden Globes, which I love both those awards shows. And I watch them from TV. I've never actually been, but they, almost all the stars will stop like at at in and out So you'll always see like in their Insta stories or on their posts. (laughs) Like they're just like me. Every single time I ever go to Hollywood, I also stop at In and Out. Always. For better and for worse. <laughs> Mandatory. Right. But you're talking about you going on set, you know, and it's your first TV experience. And that right there can be so mind blowing. And you, you know, didn't have the perfect outfit that you had planned and shot for and like curated right for this total perfect image. But yet you did it. And then you saw Macy Gray and you related to her. You're like, oh my God, if Macy can do it, I can do it. And yet at the same time, that's exactly what you were broadcasting to anyone who's ever followed you and ever will. So the proof is in the pudding. Like you walk your talk. And that's what I love about all this is like, you know, if anyone is thinking right now, gosh, I want to do something. I want to start and I want it to be big, but I know if I just start here and grow it and just continually serve, I can do it. But the important piece here the mindset for me would be take action because progress equals happiness. There's no such thing as perfection, but practice makes progress and progress equals happiness. Would you, would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So your mindset takeaways, because now we get to the good stuff of all these wonderful people, 90% of your listenership and clients being moms, which we have so many as well. What would you say has been like the recurring theme of like the three mindset, you know, we'll go to the opposite of it. it. You could call it the block, the limiting belief. It's all just BS, you know, that we somehow subscribe to along the way to fit in, to play small, to, you know, whatever. But where would you say have been the mindset breakthroughs that you've seen the biggest ROI for your clients? So I think the biggest ROI is that, you know, when you said that I'm starting to think, to think like, okay, what are the common themes that I see? And everyone has different stories. Everyone has different life experiences, but it basically boils down to people thinking I can't, mm-hmm. I can't now, mm-hmm. or I can't until, yep. right? That we're putting all these like, I can't do that, or I can't do this until I do this other thing, or thinking that something that they want is so far in the future. And I think the biggest ROI, both in the mindset, but also with, you know, with working with with the coach in general, is just being able to shorten that timeline for them, both in opening up their mind that it doesn't have to be something that happens five years down the road or when they get a degree in something or when they, you know, somehow magically break through some other thing that, that a lot of the, a lot of the things that are holding them back are really just their thoughts. And that in and of itself is like such a big breakthrough of like, oh, wait, I can go on TV without losing 50 pounds, right? Like that, like, like oh, like, wait, I was putting this, like, right? Like, because everything I see that I've experienced myself, I see reflected with my clients. And it's always something like that, right? Where it's mm-hmm. like, okay, like I was saying I couldn't do this until, but why not? I can do this now. And, and a lot of times people are holding themselves back subconsciously because they think they need to be at a certain place. I was actually talking with a client this week about hiring a team and she's like, well, I'm not sure if I'm at that place yet. I'm like, 
hiring a team is a mindset about how you're investing your money and how you're spending your time. It's not a destination of business. Like, oh, you've gotten to this point in business. Now you deserve to hire a team. You could start your business with a team. <laughs> right? Like you could. Th- th- you could. Why not? Most like, and, a lot of people do. And so. what's so crazy <laughs> is that if you start to, you know, get out of the way of trying to figure out how to do it. I know people that have started massive companies, like for example, all the brands that I would work with at HSN and QVC, for example, you know, and they had whole teams. And when I asked them how they started, and it was always in the kitchen or the garage or whatever, and they had a team of interns. They didn't pay anyone a dollar. Like there's so many different creative ways in which you could even create a team and people would be so willing and happy to step up and serve if they also get enrolled by your mission, right? By, by what you want to put out into the world. And, and, and there's, there's just, there's so many matches and, and business opportunities that could be made if we just start getting creative and thinking outside the box. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think that's the biggest ROI is that people stop waiting and start doing Oh God. And wouldn't you say it's a little less crowded in that space when you actually do move forward? Yes. That's what's crazy about <laughs> all it. All the yes. That's, that's the biggest kept secret of all is like, oh my gosh, you guys, it's so less crowded. It's not as hard as you think it is once you pierce through that veil. Absolutely. And then you'll learn more and there'll be like a whole next level, you know? Oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> what do they say? New level, new devil. <laughs> oh my God. Oh. True. Yes. And how long have you been doing all this now? So about three and a half years. Wow. And, and how much On my has, own and how much has your life changed? Oh my gosh. Like a thousand percent. A thousand and how percent. would you qualify it? Like what's a way that you would describe it? So when I first started my business, I was working, you know, over 40 hours a week. I had my daughter in mm. full-time childcare mm. and, and now I work about 25 hours a week wow. and, and I have a team that supports me the rest of the time. And I've really had this shift of, of, wow, like, okay, I'm making more money. I'm working less hours. And whenever I get that pain of like, oh, I need more time or, oh, should I, you know, get more childcare? It's like, no, no, this means I need to be like really honing in on what are the things that only I can do and hiring out the rest. Mm-hmm. Right. And economically it's more smart to hire. It's smarter to hire out the rest because I can write that all off. I can't write off on my childcare. Right. Totally. Yeah. Uh, so it just, I really shifted how I feel when I walk into a room, I shifted how I serve people. I've shifted, you know, how our family life is and being able to get my daughter off the bus at three 30 every day and, and have time home in the mornings with my little guy and, and be able to, to make a big impact in those moments in between, which makes me feel fulfilled. I, I never had that. Like, I'm like, Oh, I could never just be home with the kids. I always wanted to do so much more, but it's so, it's so hard for me just to be home with the kids. <laughs> By the end of the day, I'm like, okay, I'm over it. I need like, let me, let me go talk to some people uh, that some are above adults. the age of five. Yes. Yes, I need adults or I'm really bad at homemaking. <laughs> and so, yeah, like that is not the life I'm necessarily meant for, but I, but I want to have that time with them. So this is really that balance where I was able to take something I thought was impossible and really blend the best of both worlds with my parents. But it's different for everyone. What's right for me isn't right for, for necessarily anyone else. So it's like, I think success is really taking that vision of what you want your life to look like and being able to create that. 
Oh, totally. And then how do you make sure you stay fulfilled? So I always ask every guest at the end, like what their idea of fulfillment is. And you just mentioned something about being fulfilled, which is where you're really making an impact and you've got all the spaciousness in your schedule and all that. But is, is, is that the way that you would define it? So fulfillment for me, being such an extrovert comes from connection Mm -hmm. and relationships. So whether that means I am on group coaching calls with clients Mm. or one-on-one coaching calls, or whether that means I'm in my own mastermind, or I have time with my husband for date night or Mm. girls night out, like fulfillment for me, you know, time with my kids where, or we're able to just have fun and have dance parties, stuff like that. It's those moments of connection are where I feel the most fulfilled. I, you know, being an extrovert, I could, I create courses, but I like to really create courses live because Mm -hmm. me just sitting in my living room recording content does not make me feel fulfilled, Mm -hmm. right? It's when people are implementing and asking questions and involved and engaged in the content. That's where I get that fulfillment is through the connection. God, I love that. And then do you use those recordings as part of then future repurposed content? Yes. yes. The live well, and recording. a lot of times, even if I, like, when I say live, sometimes I will teach a, a workshop live or something like that. But other times I'll, let's say I'll sell a course. Like I just did this in, in September where I, I sold a course called best month ever. It was just a, a mini course for two weeks mm-hmm. and I recorded the training videos throughout those two weeks. I was like hearing all the buzz in the group and then I would like go record <laughs> the modules and then come back and engage and, and have our group coaching calls. And then I would, would go back and record. So I was getting that feedback and wasn't just, sometimes people will create courses for like months at a time without getting that feedback or being engaged with people that are taking them. So I like to shorten, I like to kind of do it simultaneously. And are you doing everything off of your, the big Facebook page where it's now you as a personal brand? Yes. So right now it is all me as a personal brand, but I do see a big piece of my brand is go-to gal. One of my main offerings is the go-to gal club. And, and I could see go-to gal really taking off as, as a, as its own brand, but I will always have a personal brand that will support whatever brand it is I have, because Mm -hmm. I just see that power of, of the connection there. What's lighting you up the most in life right now? Oh, you know, building an online business, I, especially the first year when I was like pregnant and had a newborn, (laughs) I was hibernating and being an extrovert, I've realized so much that I need to really fuel myself with people. So Mm. I've actually been going to some events locally and and taking time to have, I have two in-person masterminds, having, making room in my schedule for, for coffee dates and things like that has made such a big difference. And just the energy that I'm pouring into my week when I'm able to make sure that I have like extrovert time, which I think is like the exact same case for introverts. Like you need to make sure you have your introvert time mm-hmm. to, to refill your cup, if you will. But I, I got so stuck behind the computer for so long that I find I'm so much more creative and energized when I have more people time throughout the week. Totally. I love that. And then do you have a morning routine? Like what are some of your rituals and routines that help you keep your mindset optimized? I.e., if you didn't do those things, you're basically screwed and have not much to give. 
<laughs> oh, it's a good one. So <laughs> I have tried so hard to get up before the kids mm-hmm. and, and have my morning routine be before the house wakes up. Mm-hmm. The problem is that my children have a sixth sense and they just like, I don't know if they feel the <laughs> movement or they just know when I'm awake, <laughs> but if I, the earlier I would, I get up, the earlier they wake up. It does not work in our house, <laughs> oh, but we actually put together a really good system of just how we kind of get out the door in the morning to help like that go a little bit smoother. Mm-hmm. And so our first morning routine is just getting the kids out of the door, right? Yes. Which looks a little bit different because on some days I have my son home with me. So that doesn't, my own routine doesn't really start until 12 and Mondays and Wednesdays when I have my son home with me all, all morning and I have Fridays off entirely. So I, I have to be a little bit flexible with the days here because of this schedule. But what I found is I don't resent not having the morning routine. Mm. If I set that expectation of before I start work, I will do my routine, right? So I help myself get into that mindset. I find that I need that time so desperately, but I take that pressure off that it has to happen in the morning because our, our days of the week are a little bit different and I just can't seem to do it before everybody gets up because they just keep waking up earlier. So (laughs) before I start working, so whether that's at 12 o'clock on Mondays and Wednesdays, or if that's, you know, right at 8 15 on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I take time to meditate Mm -hmm. and to do a gratitude list. Now, sometimes I'll read and sometimes I'll write, but if nothing else, I take time, 10 minutes to meditate, and I take a a full sheet of paper out and I write down on this this sheet from every single line something that I'm grateful for. Mm -hmm. But I do this a little bit different than most people, so I want to share if we have time. Mm -hmm. Yes. So with the gratitude list, the reason why I do a full sheet of paper and not just three things is because when you only do three things, a lot of times you do the same three things every day, right? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> you don't get too creative. Right. When you do a full sheet, it forces you to be creative and it forces you to look on the obvious. So I was finding myself years ago, I loved the five minute journal, but I would find myself writing the same things all the time or then feeling bad if I didn't write that I was grateful for my husband or the kids or the dog or something that day, right? Like mm-hmm. the more obvious things. And with a full sheet of paper, it allows me to one, get really creative and really look around me to see like, what are these little things that I've taken for granted yeah. that I really am grateful for? It also gives me space to find gratitude for the things that I feel like are a struggle, right? Because mm-hmm. that's the real power. It's one thing to just look around and be like, oh, I'm so grateful for things that are positive. But when you can start taking things that might feel like a negative and find gratitude for them, that's mm-hmm. when you really start to shift your mindset in a positive way. And I also make sure that I include myself on the gratitude list and different things about myself because a lot of times we're always looking externally when we're finding gratitude and not looking internally. Yes. Oh, I love that. And I love that whole, you know, giving gratitude for the struggles. I always say, you know, people reference, I'll take the good and the bad. And it's like, I take the good and the growth. You know, it's like, because, <laughs> I love that. Because if 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 I'm gonna look at it as bad, right, where focus goes, energy flows. So I just don't want to grow more struggle and more bad. But if I look at the growth, I'm like, oh, how awesome is this? Like, or you know, one of my favorite mentors, Tony Robbins. By the way, he's gonna be in New York, girl, next month. I hope. Oh my goodness. So good. Catapult, like whatever anyone is doing. I always say like 10X in like one-tenth the time. But it's like, 
I look at any struggle as a worthy opponent. I'm like, oh, they just really piss me off. This is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Because they did not do anything, right? It's all me and how I'm reacting to this. And so let me just, you know, be grateful for this opportunity to like, oh, where could I be more compassionate, more understanding, more patient, more generous, whatever. So I just love that because it's so key. That's so key. And starting your day or your your work day, right? Whenever that is, I think with going into it with just like that gratitude top of mind and like a clear head for meditation is, Mm. is exactly what I need. Totally. Well, then I think you really allow yourself the ability to align your heart and your mind so that you can truly get after your purpose, your mission in a clean way. And I think that that is what's so evident about talking to you. Like you just sound so vibrant and clear-minded and so full of passion. And yet you're just such a badass businesswoman, boss babe, you know, wife, mama, you know, business owner, entrepreneur, and you're just... You're amazing. I'm so glad we got to connect today. Me too. I want to All continue my favorite this topics conversation. Here. I know. Me too. I could talk about this stuff for like hours and hours and hours. I have another another one to get to. <laughs> Monday is my record day. I want to follow up and have another conversation. Like maybe in six months after you've had like, you know, way more TV experiences. <laughs> with, you know, all the outfits that you left at home deliberately so you could put yourself into the position to be grateful <laughs> for it later. No, just kidding. <laughs> it's now a lucky charm to have like a dirty dress now. <laughs> totally. Oh my gosh. That, that might end up being the case. But in the interim, for anyone who wants to check you out and also glean so much of the value that you offer, and there's some really good free goodies, where can we direct them to? So if you go to JacquelineMalone.com forward slash goodies, it'll take you right to my hub there where you can get all of my free resources. We have things on marketing and mindset and branding and all the things in there. Mm, Okay. Very good. So we'll make sure that we put that up as well as some of the podcasts that you've been following that have inspired you. We'll make sure that we list your podcast all up in your lady business. Amazing and such valuable, priceless content in there. It's almost as if, I mean, wouldn't you say to some level, because I listened to a few episodes, it's kind of like hiring you for a coach as a coach. I mean, you give away so much. We give away a ton and that's like part of it. We want it to be actionable business advice, right? So you're going to get those tangible takeaways, but we're, we're best friends. And so we, we talk about life. We joke, we pick on each other, you know, we get a little bit of banter. So we, as the name suggests, we don't take ourselves too seriously. And that's part of the fun of it all. Yeah. I love, I love it. And I love the title and I'm very excited to see where you go and where you grow with the go-to gal, because that's just obviously got a cute little title and title are everything. And I just love what you're, I love what you're doing in the world. I salute you. Well, right back at you. Oh, well, thank you so much. I'm just so excited that we got to know you and we'll definitely be following your journey for you to help us optimize our marketing and mindset. Thank you so much, Jacqueline. Thank you. Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard today, please share it with a friend and you can head on over to iTunes to leave me a review. That would be so appreciated. And of course, if you'd like to reach me directly with any comments, questions, or feedback, you can do so at themindsetmashup.com. Thanks again for listening and I look forward to hearing from you.